22s here, baby. We're getting excited. Big 12, a mm. little bit of a, of a sloppy week last week. Couldn't clean up uh, the full clean slate like uh, like the Pac-12 certainly did. But lots of great stuff here, and, and we're going to get into it. But, you know, top, top of the, the, the show, top of you know, our hearts for sure, um, both in, from a loving and a hateful spot, it's Hawk game. It's, we're here. This is the big one. I would, you know, they uh, they had a good showing against Utah State. They won by a couple of touchdowns. It was, it was very yeah. cute. After yeah, they um, couldn't get to twenty five points per game. I'd imagine, you know, they got some work to do there. But yeah, uh, I think that's important. yeah. If Brian Ferentz wants to feed his family, they need to get that number up. I mean, I got to get going. I got bills to pay. I mean, that's Utah State. They that, do. That, you got to. That's the game that you got to feast on because going to the Big Ten slate. I don't think. Defenses are going to get worse in Utah State, but then Utah or uh, Iowa State, on the other hand, pretty good showing against you. You and I certainly clear that it's a twenty-five points per game threshold that Iowa can't seem to to get over. But is that the, the game that you're looking forward to most? Well, I mean, just from a personal standpoint, yes. Cyhawk uh, Week is such a weird, weird week in the state of Iowa. Just from the standpoint of it. it, it Depends on how fans perceive it. Some Iowa fans say this is like a big rivalry. Maybe a few even say main rivalry. Some say we don't even view this as an important game. Like this is like the lowest importance of the season. Big 20, 10 plays more important, which yes, on paper it is. But I think pride means something, whether you like it or not. And players and coaches care. I can guarantee that. But it's a weird game. There's always a lot of family allegiances that always a rivalry game. That's why those are going to have a lot of juice and you'll get some weird viral moments almost always from the Iowa, Iowa state game. Last year's viral moment was this older gentleman they panned to in the crowd. And this guy's wearing a Iowa hoodie and it's weird. He, he gets to him. He looks dead in the camera and he like looks both ways and then he goes, Shh, and he pulls up as an Iowa state shirt on underneath. And I'm like, that guy like perfectly puts into perspective this rivalry because there are, I mean, people in the state too, that like, it's not like Auburn and Alabama where you have to pick one side and you're all in now that a lot of fans get ticked off this, but there are definitely some people throughout the state. They're like, Oh, we like to see our state teams just do well, but usually there's no affiliation to either university. Of course I want to see, you know, I will lose every single week if it was up to me. But uh, it's a weird rivalry. It's a unique rivalry. It's had a whole quality of barrage of names throughout the years, some flattering and not so much. But it will be a really good game, a good test for Iowa on the road, considering they still have some aspirations. And for Iowa State, an opportunity to get another one on Iowa, keep building something positive forward. And with this series potentially in jeopardy in the next few years, these games uh, are major. Uh, for, for both teams, but definitely just from a sentimental and rivalry re- week, you want to win. So, yeah, that right. And I think, uh, of course, I want Iowa to lose every game as a as a Husker fan deep down. Um, mm-hmm. But it does feel very um, loser ish to, to to discount this rivalry if you're Iowa. Uh, of course, you know, historical dominance or, or whatever you want to call it's fine. But I mean, this is a big deal. And I think even like last year losing to Iowa State, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Uh, something that you got to take care of. 
the Big Ten West is wide open, so it, you really want to try to feast on your non-conference schedule as much as possible. And you're right, going forward, you know, if they try to squeeze in another conference game there in the, the Big 24, Big 40, however many teams are going to be in that conference. But when it's all said and done, Iowa State might, might get the chopping block. We might be like, well, we want to feast on a, you know, a team at home every year when, you know, it happened with TCU and SMU here. That I mean, they're good rivals. They play every year home and home. And then all of a sudden, like, well, you can get another home game, get another tune-up game before Big 12 play gets underway. So it's a it's a casualty for sure. But always, a, and when I say electric game, it's always an electric game. Not like a fireworks by any means, but certainly <laughs> big, ugly, run the ball, don't turn. Don't turn the ball over. Yeah, well, oftentimes, I mean, the game is, you know, Iowa State won for the first time last year since 2014. So it had been really a long streak of losses for the Cyclones. And during that Iowa win streak from 2015 to 2021, I don't, if I remember, they turned it over less than three times total in all those games combined. They did not make mistakes, mistakes whatsoever. And then their defense and special teams just drove you nuts because it was always quality across the board and they could beat Iowa State in that perspective. So, but last year was different. Iowa State found a way. They played outstanding defense. Their offense was not good across the board last year, but they were able to make enough plays on 99-yard drive and get that win ultimately. For Coach Ference, it's been a very interesting last 12 months. There have been so many different reports of how he runs his program at Iowa. He's taken shots and he's a clean, you know, a clean cut image. You know, he's had a lot of success at Iowa, created stability. Um, but there's like this weird, like kind of vibe between my field, him kind of in that administration right now in Iowa City. So, you know, Cyhawk usually puts things in the spotlight from a statewide perspective and a national one from a less perspective. And for both teams, they've got questions in various perspectives. I don't know if Iowa State's going to have enough offense on their own um, to potentially compete. Both defenses will be strong, and I expect it to be a defensive-laden game, potentially the whole game. And it sounds simple, but it really is going to come down to turnovers and you know, a potential key special teams play or a broken coverage, maybe if one defense makes a mistake. So energy will be there. Jack Trice will have a lot of juice. Ticket prices are off the rails in the resale market. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, that's a great game coming up. Um, and not only is the, the one where the talented team wins more often than not, I remember those uh, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall teams that just couldn't seem to, to put together clean mm-hmm. enough games for, for I uh, to beat Iowa, and those are talented teams, those Fiesta Bowl teams. You know, those are outstanding players. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to who can play clean football. Last year, Iowa, Iowa State was able to do, like you said, with maybe not such a great offense. Certainly not a huge upgrade of, of any this year. But I, I mean, I'm juiced. I'm excited for it. And, and you're right. Like things could get really uneasy for Kirk Ferentz. No, I, I get that they reward mediocrity more than any other program in the history of college football so that the bar is real low to, to to keep that stability but you 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 look at the big 10 i mean nebraska just upgraded their head coach even if they don't think that you wisconsin definitely did 
Um, PJ Fleck looks like the real deal over in Minnesota, mm-hmm. keeping that, bringing that program to relevancy. Yeah, you, you look at what Brett Bellin was doing in uh, Illinois. Sorry to bring his name up as a, as an Arkansas fan, but he's doing some good stuff in uh, in Champaign. And then you bring in coaches like Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly and Philip DeBoer, yeah. and it's just a, a murderer's road. Dan Lanning. Now, granted, the thing with Oregon is that we haven't really seen Dan Lanning win anything in the conference. Um, I, I know that he took shots at Colorado, which I think is funny because he took over uh, took over Oregon in such a good spot as that's been treated as a as a stepping stone job as of late. Um, can't say yeah. that about you know a lot of teams in the Big Ten, and then of course Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day are going to be electric as well. So yeah. you, you look at that and you think, well, you got old Kirk here minus the uh, the racial mistreatment of his players from a couple years ago, you know, pretty clean record, pretty solid, uh, you know, very above mediocre coach for sure. Um, like I said yeah. last week, wouldn't cut it at Nebraska, but it is different standards there. You know, this could be kind of the turning point where if you do want to start fresh um, as a, as a program and kind of rebuild a, a new era, this, this is probably going to be the time to do it. Yep, it's a good opportunity for both teams, too. And for Coach Campbell at Iowa State, look, he's still a heavily, heavily respected coach. No one would ever want to change that even remotely um, in terms of, like, no one's wanting a coaching change. They had a tough year last year. No one was saying, hey, this doesn't seem like they're going the right direction anymore. That's not even remotely the case. But look, wins are going to be expected at times. And for Coach Campbell, he is a competitor. Iowa State, even despite all the offseason turbulence, one thing that people always forget in any single scandal is you win a bunch, people tend to forget traditionally. So Mm. Iowa State's going to try to go down that road. It should be a great game. And hopefully, you know, from an Iowa State Big 12 perspective, they can find a way to win. But we'll see. I think Iowa does have better QB play uh, on paper for sure. And that will also be a factor and could be the difference. We'll see. We'll see. But last week he gave us a or earlier this week, he gave us a good little teaser about some some way to, to, to earn some extra cash. I had a horrible week betting last week, hopefully turning it around. What do I got to do here? What's the what's the move? Well, well, well Brandon, you got the over under 36 and a half for this game and it'll change, you know, throughout too. But, you know, on paper, it's fascinating because everybody's going to hammer that under. So, you know, I'd say let people hammer the under all week, let that number go down a little bit. I still weirdly think conditions I think are going to be pretty solid for the day. It won't be like junky weather like it was last year. This game is weird enough that I could also see just some junk explosive plays to that as well. So let people hit that under all week. You still really believe it. If not, you might be able to get a discount on that over. I think you're, you're right on the money. 36 points for a power five football game is an insane under total. And yeah, I don't think the, the weather is going to be nearly as bad. You, you look at the last couple of years and you're like, okay, well, yeah, they didn't come close to 36 points for that total there, mm-hmm. but weather's going to be better this year hopefully i guess we'll yeah, we'll yeah. saturday but i mean that's really not it should be thing. great hey our, our beloved Ames uh tailgate parking lots are just going to be flowing 
on I mean, that bridge they'll, have, gonna, the, they'll have their they'll have rocking. their Ames logger going Ames logger is going to be going so you know it's gonna be a good time incredible stuff in Ames you know I'll say it's the toughest place to play in uh, in Iowa I agree but no, no, well, no you're not gonna have me hate that <laughs> well that, that's why we have you on I, I need somebody who who doesn't fight too much with my Iowa slander <laughs> that's I, honestly you can just you could say the most outrageous stuff and i might deep down not agree but you're not going to hear me say it i'm just gonna be like yep i'll laugh <laughs> it really is that simple like you can say you could say just the most absurd you could say they, they're i don't know burying people underneath you know iowa city like underneath the field i'd say i i've never i would think i've never heard of it would you say uh, yep sounds right to me you know what? I've never actually checked under the stadium, so I might be onto something there. See, that's a that's a thing. You could really take these to certain levels that you might start getting national articles. Yeah. That you know, you could just have some national writer be like, "Reports are, you know, that I will put you know people underneath." State. Like you could just get that going. You know, Drew. So we're going to start, start a rumor things. on the show. I, I I don't know what it's going to be, but they have. We're going to start a rumor here. We should, you should just create like a wheel of like just stupid, <laughs> stupid rumors for about, you know, Iowa football and then just spin it and then just go on that tangent. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the move. I know what we're doing next week. We're making a propaganda. <laughs> you better have that wheel. Do I need to build a wheel? I could build oh, a wheel. Ivy, mean, if you want to build it, I, if you build it, we will I think come. we need a physical. I mean, you could do the online wheel. Like you could do that and spin it. But there's something about a physical wheel. You hear that, you know, like price is right you see that wheel go you just love it you have to watch yeah i, I think we're on to something this is going to be the high uh, high quality program that uh, we want to be indeed but there are indeed there are other uh big 12 teams in the conference and this is going to be a great week for for the big 12 as a total kansas and illinois gets underway on friday that's going to be electric kansas is bringing out their blackout uniforms have you gotten to see those yet I have their quality. They do look pretty sharp. I, I, they really nice trim. They, they've done a good job. Kansas has been really good at rebranding their program the last couple of years. They're trying to become cool to the average yeah. high school and collegiate kid, and they're doing a solid job of rebuilding that. Yeah, it's an interesting uniform because I think typically, I when you do a blackout uniform, you want it to be as clean as possible. You don't want it to be very very uh, very noisy you, you just want a clean dark look or when you go with, with the, like the big colors or the big logos you really want to go all in on that and it seems like kansas has kind of meshed it together in, in a way that I, I think works for them and probably only them i have got the big bird on the on big blue bird on the helmet the the, the blue trim looks very very nice and i, I think for as noisy as it is, I think they nailed it. For sure, for sure. And you know what else they're nailing right now? That offensive side of the football. They had such a I mean, nice week one performance. They had over 500 total team yards against Missouri State. Really lit up the scoreboard in the process. This is a team that really, really is good at getting at scoring the football. Bean has had a really nice week one at QB. I think he's going to continue to make positive steps. And Illinois has, you know, done a nice job. I mean, Brett Bielema has taken a program that kind of 
historically has had a lot of struggles and has made them at least respectable for right now, though I have my doubts on that tail end as I've seen it at a previous program. But Kansas is really it offensively has been great. Defensive side of the football is where they need to continue to make improvements. And I think they can, uh, but it's going to have to be a week-by-week deal. And Illinois is kind of a good team for it, that Illinois kind of average offensively. So this could be an opportunity for Kansas at home to see if they can make a statement a little bit defensively or at least be opportunistic where it's a bend but don't break. Should be a good one. Friday Night Lights, I'm excited. A standalone game pretty much for, for Power 5 football. I'm just kind of skimming through the schedule here. Cincinnati-Pittsburgh should be good. Baylor's looking to bounce back at home against Utah. Still unsure about if Cam Rising is going to be available, but mm-hmm. last week didn't look like they really needed him. Yeah, I, I really love that Utah, a future Big 12 member, how tough they've scheduled this year to – your first two weeks of the season are against Florida, who is historically a great program, and then go on to road at Baylor, who just won Big 12 just a couple of years ago. Tough way to start a season, but when you're battle-tested, you're more likely to find those big results come November and into bowl season as well. No kidding. Kansas State uh, and BYU get a couple of stinkers in Troy and Southern Utah. Uh, Oklahoma plays SMU. Uh, SMU is going to be excited about that game. I don't think Oklahoma, you know, we'll, we'll break these down here. West Virginia gets a, another cupcake. Texas Tech, an opportunity again to bounce back against uh, Oregon in the same boat as Baylor. Really disappointing loss last week. But frankly, if, if they win this week, the, all, all could be forgiven. Um, Texas and Alabama, the big heavy hitters going on at it this week, was an electric game last year. UCF and Boise State, Rice and Houston, Nichols and TCU, and then Oklahoma State and Arizona State. Lots of Big 12 versus Pac-12 slash soon-to-be Big 12 matchups on the schedule here. I'm juiced. Other than um, Iowa and Iowa State, what matchups are, are you looking forward to the most about just getting after? Yeah, I well, on paper, I'd be remiss if I didn't put Texas-Alabama. That's just a great matchup, a primetime game in Tuscaloosa. Really good energy and, you know, for Texas, an opportunity. They really compete as well, if not better than Alabama last year at home and couldn't find a way to win. Alabama, I think, has made a few improvements this season, though losing, you know, Bryce Young isn't exactly a great thing. But Texas, they have an opportunity here. They've got the QB play. They've got the offensive weapons. Defense is tough. I don't know if they have the coaching. Sarkeesian, you know, coaches under good old, you know, Nick Saban. And as a head coach himself, he's still looking for success, but there's an opportunity to do it. So that game's kind of interesting to me. Uh, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh is a really unique game to me. Um, Pitt is always usually a very good ACC team. It's had some good success the last two years. Cincinnati, really nice little opportunity to see if they can make a statement on the road and then texas tech oregon let's you know let's get weird i I think that's a really really fun matchup for tech and last week they were expected to win even on the road this is a matchup that oregon on paper might be the better team but boy it just feels like an opportunity for tech to find a way to get it done you know and when i had 
gone through my my season predictions here. These are pretty easy wins for for Utah and and Oregon that I drew up. Um, but if you're Baylor and if you're Texas Tech, starting the year zero and two is I mean that lights a fire under your cleats that mm-hmm. I didn't expect to be there. So I think those games become a lot more interesting, a lot more competitive because of the fact that they came up short last week. And especially hosting these two schools. I mean, that's not easy. Lubbock's going to give Oregon all that they can handle. Um, and overall, we're just seeing some some good future Big 12 football here um, with Utah, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Arizona State. And of course, Alabama and Texas is just going to be fireworks. I can't wait to see that. We're going to get to another example of the propaganda I'm pushing that SEC defenses aren't actually good. They just play stinky quarterbacks. Quinn Ewers has an opportunity, I think, to, to light them up pretty well. But I mean, outstanding slate for the Big 12 here. Yeah, it is. And shoot, I you know, SMU-Oklahoma is a funny matchup to me because right now that's the AAC versus the Big 12. And next year that'll be the ACC versus the sec so just a funny uh little conference deal there that it'll be it will be interesting uh on that front uh but definitely a better week to slate and houston rights also will be kind of fascinating to me too just from the standpoint of um rice was not bad against texas last week they definitely showed that they could compete for the, a good chunk of that football game houston is not as good of a football team as of right now compared to Texas, the rice could be a pretty salty little play uh, there in that matchup. You're absolutely right there. And, you know, if you're Houston and, and you get your eyes set on a bowl game, these are the games that you got to feast on. These are the games yeah. that you got to have in your pocket as you, know, you may only get two or three wins in, in the Big 12 or two or three looks in, in the Big 12 to, to really win there. But Alice, I mean, we, we got to get after. We got lots of good stuff here. We, we got, got picks to make, Brandon. Yeah. I mean, if we 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 got this is our opportunity to get. This is our comeback story this week. We're gonna ten, you know ten yeah. and four last week for each of us. We're both know we can go perfect the rest of the way. In fact, after I make these picks, I'm gonna go do a fourteen team parlay, and it's gonna be all right. And then we can you know we'll finally have an advertising budget for this podcast. <laughs> There all going to be spent right here. It's all spent on the Big Twelve. Wouldn't wouldn't want that money going anywhere else. And I mean, just like last week, I feel pretty good uh, about how I you know see these games. Granted, I, I felt that way last week, and you know, I mean, ten and four isn't bad, but I mean, I expected to feel comfortable about maybe a twelve and two slate, maybe yeah. a I mean a thirteen and one slate is kind of what would I had in mind, but. Overall, lots of good stuff. And we'll get started Friday night, Illinois and Kansas. How you feeling? Kansas, I really like in this matchup. I think this is the type of game that they kind of thrive in. They're, I like that they pick, you know, traditionally I'm not a fan of playing a Friday night football game for a college team. And I'm still not necessarily a major fan. But for Kansas to create exposure, these are the type of games that they need to play in. Um, just to create more exposure, being again said earlier, that a great start to his season, their productive week one. I think they keep that momentum going, so I'm gonna go Kansas at home. It's a good pick, it's a good pick. Yep, simple. When I just went over to the next tab, did it change the screen? Uh, it 
So hold on. I still got it. I still have the tab. I still got it right there. Okay. So what do you see now? Do you see the spreadsheet still? I still see the spreadsheet. Okay. Brandon, you got Illinois. Okay. Pretty much it has just the road and home team, like the road teams under your name, the home teams under my name. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because I just clicked away. I'm like, did it change? But okay. Illinois. You're good. Wait, so, so you had Kansas, right? I had Kansas, yeah. Illinois struggling a little bit uh, against Toledo last week. Um, and now going to Kansas. Now, granted, not the most electric uh, of environments, but Kansas is buzzing. I just have such a hard time imagining um, that that uh, Illinois is going to be able to, to hang on. And so I, yeah. I think I, I'm right there with you. Of course, the, you know, in, in theory, the Big 12 defense comes into play. And you get after it that way. But I like Kansas here a lot. I think they're going to put up a bunch of points. I think they're going to get up for it. I think they know this is an opportunity to pick up a non-conference power five win. Um, and I think they're going to take full advantage of that. We're going to find out. I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for them, though. They have the players to get it done. And we'll see if they can. And what should probably, probably be a warm night uh, in Lawrence. Up next, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, and I think you alluded to this really well. We talked about Cincinnati last week. They look like a Power 5 team beating up on a Group Mm -hmm. of 5 team. This is a good test. Can you now be a Power 5 team to go on the road and beat up on another Power 5 team? I think this is the the, the first test to see if they can do that. On the road is always tricky, uh, but give me the Bearcats. I'm I'm a Satterfield believer. I'm pretty juiced about the Bearcats this year yeah Satterfield um they had a great week one performance really were able to create some positivity Pittsburgh's just a tough team you know they are they're at home they've seen great great amounts of success the last few years they play more of that pro style as well offensively so that's always, which is weird that a pro style or just seeing an I formation is something different for college football, but it is. It's not something that defenses usually have to prepare for on a regular basis. So that kind of style is going to be a little bit different as well. And look, Cincinnati lit it up in terms of offense in week one against a lesser opponent, but they had over 600 yards of offense. They're able to really do whatever they want. Pitt's defense will be a little bit stronger. Cincinnati's doing a lot of positive stuff right now, but I am going to go Pittsburgh. Wow. All right. I know. Yeah, I know. Just, you know, we've got this beautiful podcast name of Big 12 or Go Home. And, you know, every time I can pick against the Big 12, it hurts. But as you know, Brandon, you know, you got to pick winners as well. And you got to do what you can. So. Yeah, you know that that number at the bottom doesn't care if you picked all Big Twelve teams or not. It cares about which uh, which number is bigger, how much bigger is it? That's right. But we'll, uh, we'll kind of bounce around here. We we'll want to save the best for last. Troy and Kansas State. Um, I, I think this one's pretty easy. I think Kansas State rolls. I think they are buzzing. Mm-hmm. They showed that. Yep. I think they're as good as I, I think they are, as far as Big Twelve play goes. So we'll, and I think we'll see that yep. against Troy. Yep, you're not going to have me fight that one even remotely. K-State for me as well. And another good just tune-up game as they continue to transition uh, into tougher competition. Same kind of thing for BYU. I um, I like the Cougs. I think their defense showed really good 
uh, potential last week. I don't know much about Southern Utah, but I, I feel like I feel pretty confident in saying that BYU gets the win at home against um, a directional Utah school. Yeah. Yep, uh, BYU for me as well. Would like to see a little more offense from BYU. Defense was top-notch week one. Offense did have some struggles, so something to keep an eye on, see if they can be a little cleaner there. Then jumping ahead here, SMU and Oklahoma, like, like, like you said, a very funny matchup as far as, well, it's Big 12 AAC this year. Next year, totally different conference. Um, SMU, uh, I, I get them on my feet a little bit just because they like to chirp at TCU quite a bit, especially after uh, after what happened Saturday. Um, but I think Oklahoma takes care of business. I think that they uh, kind of put them back in, in in their place a little bit. Yeah, Oklahoma as well. Dylan Gabriel had a really nice week one performance. Defense, really strong to post a shutout. Granted, not exactly a great opponent, but that defense under year two of Brent Venables is something to keep an eye on for the Boomer Sooners. But I got Oklahoma as well, and I think it won't be particularly close. Yeah, I'm right there with you. If Oklahoma is the, the, the team that they're they say that they're going to be, then I think this is this is Boomer Sooner all the way. Yeah, West Virginia at home against Duquesne. I had to look up the uh, the pronunciation there. Um, and I think I have a general rule of thumb. If I have to look up the pronunciation of your school and I do not have to do that for the other team, then I, I'm going to air with the other team here. Pretty confident. You don't know about my beloved Duquesne Dukes? Uh, the, the, you I, can't beat Duquesne. Uh, an A-10 legend uh, team in college hoops. You know, they uh, they go all in out here in the East Coast in Duquesne. But but that said, I've never heard know much about Duquesne football so if I don't know much about that, usually they're not doing a lot. You know, Altman, though, I, I got West Virginia. I don't think it'll be particularly close. But if for some reason, for some outlandish reason, if West Virginia doesn't take care of their business, Coach Brown, uh, there's going to be a for sale sign or a lot of them outside his home uh, after the game. Absolutely. If, if he can't pick up this win, then, I mean, it's, it's real, real trouble. Bouncing down UCF and Boise State, same kind of thing. Like I said, for Cincinnati, kind of goes for for UCF here. Real good performance. They look like a Power Five team beating up on a Group of Five team. I think this is another, probably a trickier opportunity to to do that, especially on the road in Boise. They get after it, but I think UCF takes care of business here. You know, I've got UCF as well. Uh, Boise State is a, I think, very difficult team especially up in the northwest but for UCF I really did come away impressed after their week one performance I thought Plumley had a couple mistakes but really was able to do some solid stuff Richardson puts up a uh, hundred yard day on the ground opportunistic defensively I think UCF can find a way I think that'll be a one possession game could go either way I'm going to say the ball bounces uh, towards UCF kind of thing so. understood uh houston rice um i think we kind of alluded to this um a little bit earlier houston this is you, you gotta feast on these games you gotta try to build yep. some momentum i think big 12 slate's gonna kind of kick them back in momentum but i think this is one that you gotta win and i don't have yep. enough uh, about rice they, they, they looked okay at times against texas last week but I, I don't think that that the gaps that that big, right? 
I would give Houston um, yeah. any much trouble. Houston's still the better overall football team. They've just got to go out and execute and avoid that road trap that Rice will set. And a great former Southwest Conference matchup. Uh, you know, I still will always give some love to the Southwest Conference. This is one of them right here. So, uh, gotta love those owls of Rice, but yeah, I got Houston as well. Though I think Rice will com- will be in the game. Nichols and TCU. TCU, I I mean, huge opportunity yep. for for them to bounce back. I think that you know losing as twenty point favorites at home to Colorado. Justified. I, I think Colorado is a lot better than everybody expected them to mm-hmm. be, but I think this is an opportunity where they they dial it in, and I think that they show that hey, you know, last week you know was tough, but we we still are a very good team. I I like TCU here. Yep, bounce back for TCU should be able to take care of business in week two. Also, I'll be at that game, so if uh, if they do lose, then I mean it's it's a disaster. Oh, uh, then you're gonna then I'm gonna fully blame you because yeah. That I, I just, I'd say, I could see you posting a photo and you're in a Nichols shirt for no reason. I was like, of course, <laughs> of course he got me. Like you quickly before the game, like I'm going to change the pick to Nichols. No, I know you, you wouldn't yeah, do that, I, but. We'll show up in a TCU Horn Frog sweater. And then as soon as the camera pans to me, you got Nichols, Nichols gear underneath. Yeah, you point, you point down at that shirt. <laughs> you point down. That's, that's the way. And now we we got some good stuff going on here. Oklahoma State, Arizona State, both teams not looking horribly impressive last week. Um, Arizona State with the new head coach, still kind of putting mm-hmm. the pieces together after the Herm Edwards debacle. Oklahoma State not great quarterback play last week, um, so yeah. trying to figure it out there. But I, I think in this matchup, I, I think talent favors Oklahoma State a little bit, um, and then I think head coaching favors them quite a bit. Or even in Tempe, I, I like the the Cowboys. Yeah, you know this is our after dark game of the week, That's and cool. you know this is the exact type of game you would watch at one a.m. in the morning. Like seriously, like just not. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be great, but it's going to be entertaining at times. It's going to be a close game. I just feel like neither team has that ability to like pull away unless somebody really doesn't show up. I got Oklahoma State, though. This is a future Big 12 matchup. I'm curious about the progress of Arizona State in the coming years as well as they'll join the conference because, you know, that's an area that they could potentially win. A lot of people want to go to Arizona State and clearly for their academics, not for anything else, of <laughs> course. And uh, th- th- But their kind of their progression will be interesting to watch. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. A lot of it's just surely tradition. And that's even the on the field performances here. And we'll see if they can find a way to get it done. Certainly. Uh, I mean, you said this is the after dark matchup. Uh, of course, you, you know, we, we get more prominent matchups like, uh, like Oklahoma and, and Texas. They, they play some good teams here, Alabama on the slate. But I mean, this is dirty, gritty, big 12 football. I can't wait for it. Up next, we'll, we'll get after Oregon and Texas Tech. Uh, again, this is one preseason I would have given to Oregon pretty handily. Um, I, I just think that at Oregon, I think Oregon is just the best, one of the best teams in the country. And I think Texas Tech mm-hmm. is really good, um, but not not quite on that probably second tier of, of, of the, the country. But I do give Texas Tech some credit here. I think this could be uh, an opportunity for them to pull off an upset. 
They got some, mm-hmm. some fire underneath their, their cleats now. Lubbock's not going to be nice to, to Oregon, but give me the, the, the Ducks. 81 to zero is not nothing. No, it, it's not. The Ducks have so often underachieved, it feels like, the last few years just based on the talent that they usually can get on those teams. They've got a lot of four- and five-star recruits that are on that team. Texas Tech, they had a tough week one. Their fan base needs to show up for week two because I'm mean, the energy on that campus is going to be, dang, we lost. You know, there might not be as much enthusiasm based on at this point week one performance. If they're playing a more no-name or they're paying a team to come in, they might not get a great crowd for that game. But they're going to with Oregon, and they're going to show up, and they're going to have to show up. And Texas Tech, if they play with fire and energy, they're going to keep it close. That's about guaranteed. I don't know if they have the horses, though, right now to hang with this Oregon team. But Oregon's the ultimate jackal and hide team. You don't really know what you're going to get oftentimes. I'm taking Oregon as well. Uh, It's going to be an interesting game. But Lubbock Magic could very easily come into fruition. I agree. And and Oregon, it it feels like this would be a game that they would just overlook it and drop. It just feels like a dumb loss for Oregon. I, I think if if the talent was even a little bit closer, I'd probably give Texas Tech the, the nod. But Oregon has college football playoff aspirations, and I think when you have those kind of aspirations, you, you, you go into these these games in particular and think these are ones that we, we, we got to win because we're going to have some tough ones. We're going to play Utah. We're going to play USC. Colorado looks like a, a tough route now. Oregon State looks pretty good. They're always going to give us their best game. You, you know, all these good teams – we, we got to take care of the non-conference slate, as tricky as it may be, going to Lubbock. Yep, they're going to have to find a way to get it done on the road if you're Oregon. And for Texas Tech, you can t- turn the tide on this season. You find a way to win this game. I say your season's right back on track. You've got some good positive energy going to Big 12 play. But if they lose, whether that's a heartbreaker or they just get run over or don't play well, I mean, there's going to be real frustration at locker room after such a positive year last year to start 0-2. It's a major game for Tech, even, you know, a bit of a dog, but they're at home. They're going to have to compete. If they find a way to win, they get their season back on track. If they don't, you know, then there's going to be some soul searching for that next week. You're right. I mean, just a tough place to be 0-2. Certainly not where they, they would have pegged their mm-hmm. season. And, and we saw Texas take it out to a slow start last year and and get better as the year goes on. And even if they do start 0-2, I think their their real goals as far as like the Big 12 goes are, are still intact. Not a total disaster, but man, the vibes would be negligent at best. Mm-hmm. And if we, we'll wrap up our, our Big 12 versus... Soon to be Big 12, but currently Pac-12 slates, Utah and Baylor. Same kind of thing. I think Utah is the more talented team. Um, but I think they, Baylor a little bit more desperate. They might come out and, and really put it to to Utah. Yeah. You know, Waco, uh, McLean Stadium, not an, e- not, a, not an easy place to play. But yeah. I, I do think, give me Utah. I'm still unsure about Cam Rising, if he plays or not. If he plays, and I, I think it's... I think it's pretty much a wrap. But even after, if Baylor does win, I would definitely attribute it to they're the more desperate team. They're the more hungry team mm-hmm. here uh, at home. Utah just had a big, big win at home against Florida. 
and they might be be buzzing a little bit too high. But I think same kind of thing for, for Oregon. They have CFP hopes, not just conference title hopes. And I think you, you look at this game and be like, all right, that was great last week, but we got to ramp up, dial in. And I, I think that coaching staff at Utah is built to, to kind of maintain this, this momentum here. They are. And, you know, Kyle Whittingham has done at Utah. has been phenomenal getting to the Rose Bowl at back-to-back years, another future Big 12 matchup. So that's going to be a lot of fun, just those two teams getting to know each other just a little bit more. Baylor's in the exact same spot as Texas Tech. I mean, you get an opportunity at home to try to save this season. You win this game against a team with the pedigree of Utah. You can kind of rebuild that confidence and still put together a really nice to great season, not even remotely too late. But again, if it's close or if it's a blowout and you lose, you're 0-2, losing two home games especially, that would be a very bitter taste to start the season and could create the opportunity for derailment. So big game for Baylor. They just were too uninspired for me last week. And I think they'll play better this week. I can about guarantee it, but I still got Utah. Utah, they are stone cold. That is just a well-coached team. Uh, But Baylor talent-wise can hang with them, but I'm going to go Utah as well. Just a a tricky game because last week was supposed to be the tune-up in theory for this game for these games for yeah. Texas Tech and Baylor. And now all of a sudden you get your backs against the wall. Maybe that, that inspires you a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, the talent cap, I, I think they're just not built to win these games. Cyhawk game, baby. I mean, this is the game that we let off with. This is the game that I'm juiced about. Love Iowa state go clones. I hate Iowa. Uh, for, for many reasons, we're going to be starting a pretty mean rumor about them here. Pretty soon. I've heard some nasty I know. things, you know, that we're going to be, you know, big J journalists we're, breaking we're the news next ladies, week. We're, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have the wheel coming soon. And and I'll tell you what, this guy, Brandon Shanahan, this man knows how to generate content like no one else. So I guarantee, I guarantee this guy is going to have some sick stuff that he's going to be coming up with. Uh, and I'll There's, tell you what, right now, I can tell you this, the tap water in Ames, way better than the tap water in Iowa City. That's not, that's not even a rumor. That's just a fact. Yeah, that's just a simple, obvious statement. Both of us can easily confirm that one. So, like, I was that's a guarantee. In terms of the game itself, Iowa State, really big opportunity here. If they win this game, then it feels like all those, that junk of the offseason, they put behind them. It would really feel more official and an opportunity to really springboard into what could be a really interesting season. They're still viewed as a lower half Big 12 team. Don't even remotely disagree with it after last year's performance. This is a really good chance at home to see if they can get it done. And I'm going to say they do, Brandon. I'm going to say they find a way. Iowa doesn't make mistakes often, but I'll say they have a couple key turnovers. Iowa State special teams is a little cleaner. Defense is cleaner, and the offense does just enough. So I'm going to go ISU. That's but I don't move. think I could. I don't think I. I don't think I could pick Iowa person. I just. I don't. I don't feel right. And I get. You know. You got to win though. Too. I get that. You know. And and that's that's very much where, where I'm at. If I was just trying to look a hundred percent objectively, you know, I, I think Iowa's got some good pieces there. Um, especially coming off of Cyhawk loss last year, I think they might be even a little bit more dialed, and they play at the tougher environments. 
in Ames. So they, they, they don't get the, the cupcake of ha- having Iowa come, Iowa State come out to the seventh largest uh, stadium in the Big Ten. So so I think that helps them. But I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I Even if I did truly believe that Iowa was by and large the better team, uh, this is a vibes pick. I mean, I. I would much rather pick Iowa State and, and lose this one because all my other picks are, are solid. I feel so good about those. I, I, I'll, yep. I'll give this one to the vibes. I'd rather pick Iowa State and lose than pick Iowa and be right. That's the correct way to look at it. That's, that, I, that should be a lifelong phrase. Get that framed right behind you. Frame it up top because that should just, that should just be a motto. Absolutely. We need to start a wall of mottos for this show. Like, <laughs> and then just like, it's almost like, I don't know, the 10 commandments. You just look at it and you're like, you have your phrases. That's one of them. That's number one. My, my, my favorite bets uh, uh, of the last few years. And for some reason, Nebraska keeps being favored over Iowa is Iowa money line. And that's because I, you know, I profit off of their wins, but I'd rather lose that money every time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's investment well spent. Hatred is definitely a reason to mm-hmm. lose money. If that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Whatever makes you sleep at night, you have to sleep at night. And last game, probably the, the, I mean, definitely the most firepower on the, the same football field here, Texas and Alabama. Texas gave Alabama a good show last year and now going to Tuscaloosa. Quinn Ewers, hopefully back. Hopefully he can stay upright. If not, Milro or not Milro. Um, who's the? Oh gosh, oh, the back Arch. quarterback. No, Arch. Uh, no, they had somebody play that wasn't Arch. Oh, oh last year they had uh, Card. Wasn't it? No, not Card. Oh yeah, Hudson Card. But yeah. Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy. So even if Quinn Ewers can't stay upright again, Malik Murphy, I think, is a little bit better built to come in and and compete at this high level. Um, But Tuscaloosa is the the key word here. I don't think Alabama is going to let a a Big 12 team come in and beat them at home. And, And we've seen their Achilles heel over the last couple of years be going on the road, going to Baton Rouge, going to Knoxville. Mm -hmm you know, going on the road and, and struggling against Texas A&M. And I think this is where Alabama really can put their foot on the gas pedal. I don't have any objective analysis behind this, but it feels very similar to when USC and Alabama played a few years ago. There's a lot of excitement going towards it. We got two blue blood brands of college football going after it. And then Alabama waxes the floor with them. I don't think it'll be that bad, but those are the um, the vibes that I'm picking up. And as we just mentioned, this is a vibe show more than anything else. That's what it's all about. I mean, if we don't have the right vibes, why are we here? And the vibes for this game are Texas has a shot. Uh, they do. Like, they proved it last year that talent-wise they can compete with Alabama. I said earlier, coaching is something that just straight-up concerns me. Nick Saban, look, he doesn't, he doesn't need any justification. This is – he might be the goat of college coaches. You could make a strong argument for that. These Sarkeesian, look – He's just trying to find a way to win one conference championship in his lifetime. So just trying to prove that is going to be major 
And, you know, Jalen Monroe, the, you know, new starting quarterback for Alabama, you know, had a productive week one. And that competition is going to go up in week two. But he might have ice in his veins. And if he does, can that Texas defense find a way to slow him down enough? I'll say no. I think they can at times. I say they won't when they need it to count. So for me, I've got Alabama um, home game as well. But certain stadiums you go into and you're highly intimidated. Bryant Denny is one of them, but Texas has the first 10 minutes are going to set the tone for the game. If they can get out to a quick start, get the crowd a little out of it, that'll be play a major impact. They've got to get out to a quick start. They jump behind. Odds aren't going to be in their favor. I think you're absolutely right. I think in Alabama, I think they're going to get back to a little bit more of what we saw when they were really dominating college football. They, they, Mm -hmm. they, they were very fortunate, had an all-time college football quarterback in Bryce Young. And so when, when you have that talent, you really just kind of build around him. But now that you lose him, you kind of get back to, to your roots, strong, powerful running game, efficient passing system, outstanding defense is going to be pretty similar there. Of course, it's going to look a lot uh, better when you're playing the stinky SEC quarterbacks as opposed to, you know, competent quarterbacks that, like I think Quinn Ewers can be. So, uh, but I think Alabama wins here pretty easily here. Yeah, I think so too. But Texas, again, has the talent to compete with Alabama. They really do. We'll see if they can find a way to maybe mix that right formula. But it's a roll tide week, in my opinion. And, you know, this is the Big 12 or Go Home podcast. But, you know, Texas, you know, I'm not going to be heartbroken, Brandon. If they, if they can't get it, get it done, not even remotely. No, no. I mean, not, not quite to the level of Iowa, but I, I, I will definitely be rooting for, for Texas to, to lose here. Yeah. And so, it'll be a good game though. It'll be a good game. And now we, we got the full slate in front of us. Now that, that we have all, all these picked here, are there any that, 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 that you, you have your doubts about what's one that, that you are looking at and thinking like, well, if if I don't go a, a perfect fourteen and zero, this is probably what where, where, where I messed up. A good question. I, I think the game that would that I have, admittingly some concern about, would be that Oklahoma State Arizona State game, because uh, Oklahoma State offensively, I think they're still trying to figure it out. Arizona State is in that moment of transition, but it seems they've got. I've read a few articles that their coaching staff and their team seem to have really bonded extremely well throughout the offseason. So when you play for a group of people that you like as teammates, uh, that's always going to go well. So Oklahoma State is one that could be a little bit dicey. If, if you told me I had to pick one to change, it probably would be that one. Also, KU at home is a little risky because it's like still in the back of your head, just historically, it's like, that's KU. They don't, they don't ever win. And it's weird to like actually have faith in them. And on the field, they're getting it done. But Illinois is a quality team too. So that could probably be 1A and 1B. Yeah, Oklahoma State and Arizona State could be, could very well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State can pick up that one. You know, I give Oklahoma State the benefit of the doubt just because they're, they're coach is more established but Kenny Dillingham the thing with first year head coaches is that yeah I might take some time and yeah they certainly got a mess to clean up after the previous regime 
But as we, we, we saw Saturday with, with Coach Prime, if you get the right guy there, it doesn't take long to, to, to rise up yeah. that floor. And this is a, a down Oklahoma State team, so I think that's absolutely one on the radar. If I were to, to swip swap one of mine, I'd probably look at Texas Tech beating Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I was so high on Texas Tech. I, I was had them, I think, finishing with two losses, just well, mm-hmm. one or two wins away from the Big 12 title game. And I think they're going to be a little bit more dialed in, uh, as I said. it. And this feels like a dumb game for Oregon to lose, which we've seen them lose dumb games before. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me for them to take themselves out of the CFP race before we even get out of the, 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 the non-conference slate. So that's also where I look as well. But otherwise, I, I think we, we did pretty good work here. I think other than Cincinnati Pittsburgh, I think we're on the same page through and through. Yeah, in general. So we're not going to see a lot of movement in our total season standings, no matter what this week. But, uh, you know, a week that I think you and I are relatively clearly on the same page. But these are a lot of winnable games for the Big 12. And though they had an underwhelming week one for the majority, they have a chance to turn things around. And, you know, but then again, things could go sideways again. We mentioned kind of our doubts. And even UCF Boise State, I think Boise State's always just tough at home. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on as well. But I like our picks, Brandon. And as I always say, we're both going to go uh, 14-0 or 13-1. and uh, for That's the, the low bar this week for us, 13-1. and I can yeah, live I with we that. We'll, 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 yeah, we're, we definitely got it. We got our 13. And then just a, we'll just coin flip it on Cincinnati and Pitt. Simple. Yeah, that right. I think we got a good slate here. Um, certainly, I think we nailed every one of them. Of, of course, we'll, we'll see who's the, the victor for Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. But exciting. We college football is officially back. We got you covered here on the Cornerstone Connection Network. Uh, obviously, a sadder week for Cornerstone Connection as a total. Um, Bookie Brooke and the boys trying to win you some money. I, I need to bounce back here. I think I lost like a thousand hypothetical dollars. I was really counting on LSU to come through, and I, they, they did not. But definitely going to be hammering the, the over Iowa State and, and Iowa. 36 points is crazy for a power. Oh, yeah. Game. Guarantee. Yeah. No. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure you get into the uh, – uh, Brandon here has created one of the great betting parlays in American history with the Rude Russell special. Make sure you Rude bet Russell on Iowa special. State and Arkansas this week. Guaranteed winner every single time. Or if you fade it, you might be a guaranteed winner every single time. But it's an electric bet, and those are two of the most topsy-turvy teams in college football. It's always mayhem. Wins just enough to keep you going. And I mean, you, you and, hit it once get... every about five to six times. You're like, <laughs> that's all you need. Yep, it pays pays for the losses, and then you know, it's just a reason to watch those two electric football programs. Hey, those two fan bases, you know, I'm a part of both of them, and they could not be more different. Iowa State fans, <laughs> some chaotic ones, but, you know, generally pretty classy. You know, they're they're down to earth, you know, good, depends on who you ask. Then there's Arkansas fans, and, hey, we're proud. We're proud of who we are. We're not perfect, but there's you, – you've, you've gotten to know the Arkansas fan base a little bit, Brandon, and it is – it's a scene. They get after it for sure. That's guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, you go into those message boards, any any SEC message board following a loss, if you just need a good laugh, if you're just looking for entertainment, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's the best place on earth. 
there's almost not, not, nothing better for sure. Well, perfect. Redressal, anything else that, that you'd like to add here before we, we wrap up for the week? Hey, I want to give a shout out to future uh, Big 12 member uh, Colorado as well this week. Them and uh, Nebraska going to have a really interesting week two game. I know you got it covered on your other podcast, but like this is I'm, a really interesting game. How exciting is that? I mean, and, and for two programs that last year were so, ah, I mean, Nebraska yeah. fired their coach three. I think they both fired their head coach before conference play even started. And then, I mean, Colorado's the worst team in college football. And then Nebraska is just, I mean, just meh. And now all of a sudden, this is an electric matchup. And I got to say, it's, it's from a narrative point of view, it's mapped up very, very perfectly to where Colorado, they went from the worst team in college football last year to now they're buzzing. And then Nebraska, they've been down, but Matt Rule, very sneaky, very, very quiet compared to, to, to Coach Prime and his his uh, his scene over there. So it's just a great matchup. Should be a good football game. Should be a f- good football game. If it's a blowout. Yeah, Boulder is going to be great. Yeah, Boulder is going to be a great atmosphere Saturday. It should be a lot of fun. But we'll see how that one plays out because I think Nebraska still has a good look. I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but I don't think it's impossible. You know, it feels it, it kind of feels like they're due and that they need this more. Like last time that they played, I feel like Colorado needed those wins more down and out as a football program in the last few years. Nebraska hadn't quite fallen off as harshly as uh, as they ended up doing the next few years. But I, I think Nebraska needs needs this win. And I don't think they're going to get caught up in, in the Coach Prime storm. And, and as long as they don't let Jeff Sims throw the football very often, I think they're going to be in good shape. Hey, ground game is the best game. Absolutely. Simple as that sometimes. So it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I look forward next time we talk, Brandon, we're going to, our pockets are going to be lined with money with all the winners and correct, correct takes we had this week. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. After the 14 teamer, we'll, we'll be uh, set up in our brand new studios. I mean, it'll, it'll be a lot better of an operation here. Drinking from our glass. Guaranteed. Uh, diamond glasses. It'll be great. Yeah, we're going to have, like, actual, like, maybe we can get some beverages around here, you know. Fantastic. Maybe even get this. this. I mean, we're, we're going to be loaded. Well, perfect. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Of course, follow along. Lots of great stuff going on here. See you next week. Can't wait.